There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hello, boys and girls. This is Spike. You're listening to Buffy Back Issue Bin. Don't turn it off or I'll rip your throat out. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue Bin, the show where we go through all the Buffy, Angel, and Firefly comics chronologically. I'm Zach. And I'm Emily. And today we are going to be doing the second arc of Buffy, mostly. Mostly. We're going to be doing numbers five through seven. We're going to hang off on number eight just because that's the start of the Hellmouth event and, you know, figure we'll just talk about all the Hellmouth stuff together versus breaking it up. Yeah, they all have these very distinctive covers, so it's very easy to know which one is the Hellmouth ones. Plus, there's a checklist in the back of it that tells you. Also, there's a checklist. But if you're curious to hear our thoughts on issue eight right now, you can find that over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash editors note comics. For a buck a month, you get non-spoiler and spoiler thoughts on every Buffy, Angel, and Firefly issue that won't be released anywhere else. Yes. So yeah, I'm whatever. It's out there. I'm just, it's a little plug. Now, I guess before we get into this arc proper, quick anecdote and an antidote, apparently. Antidote to what? We have no (laughs) idea, but... Um, this weekend, we were at the Granite State Comic Con in Manchester, New Hampshire, and who might also be there, but George's Genty. Main Buffy artist for many, many years. Yeah, and so he was kind enough to hang out with us on for quite a while on Friday night and stopped by our table and we got to talk to him a whole bunch. He was so incredibly kind. Some so- people are away. He gave us this lovely head sketch. I have a prop from the show. It wasn't originally intended to be this, but it's kind of turned into this whole weird little thing. It's a book from the Magic Box, and all the pages on the inside are blank. It just has, you know, a nice-ish cover. And it's kind of turned into a little autograph book for Buffy people. Like what you'd get at, like, Disney? Yeah, kind of. And a few people have done it at this point, and some of them are, you know, just little niceties. Um, Charisma's is really funny. One of them is insanely weird, and I won't go into details on that one. But uh, George's was kind enough to do a sketch of Buffy inside of it, and it's gorgeous. And so you can find it on my Twitter. Oh, is it? That would make I, sense. I put it up, yeah. Yeah. Just big thanks to George's for hanging out with us and talking Buffy and all sorts of other things. And it was really, really lovely. Yeah, like way nicer to us than he needed to be. So thank you. Yeah, just generally good guy. All right. But I guess that's that. Just always fun to share those little things. Yeah. So let's dive into issue number five from the Boom Studios run, written by Jordi Belair, art by David Lopez, colored by Raul Angulo. Apologies on pronunciation. I was bad with that. I'm no good at pronouncing names. No. I'm glad your name's Emily. But you try it with gusto. You do your best. Fake confidence. But you may remember from where we last left off, Drusilla was siring Xander. Oh, no. And Angel was watching from the corner, doing nothing. Very weird on all accounts. But we jump in and Buffy has infiltrated a nest of vampires and orders one of them to take her shopping. But Buffy proving that this is not just a sexist endeavor and we shouldn't stereotype. She is instead ripping off the arms of vampires and demanding it. Yes, because we then... Flashback. Or flash... Yes, flashback. It's not that show that was on ABC for like a year, Flash Forward. Was that a thing? Yeah, it might not have been ABC. Did you watch it? Yeah, I liked it. It was good. Oh, you said that derisively, and then you were like, but it was a good thing. No, I enjoyed it. It was was sad when it was canceled. I've moved on. It's been 10 years. Well, there you go. We see that Buffy is waking up from a dream, something about the Hellmouth. And she wakes up to an urgent rapping on her window from willow because buffy's phone is still missing remember and willow's like giles needs us desperately he's being weird about it get up 
And neither of them are that concerned, but also it's the middle of the night, so I feel like I wouldn't be either. Buffy and Willow go off there talking about their movie time, how Buffy and Robin almost held hands but didn't. Because Buffy. She got too weird about it. Had sweaty, clammy hands. And no one wants a clam hand. As somebody who frequently has sweaty, clammy hands, I understand that. I thought you were talking about me. I'm like, do I? I don't know. (laughs) I haven't noticed that. Oh, good. But Willow makes fun of Buffy. She's like, well, he just doesn't think that you like him now. And Buffy's like, I too do like him. And as they're goofing around, they end up at Giles' house and he opens up the door and says, I don't want to alarm either of you, but you both need to be prepared for what you're about to see. I was going to say that Willow's not good at flirting. Oh. Because she's like, what do you want me to do? Pass him a note that says, like, do you like her? Circle yes or no. Look, I mean, I'm married now and have been married for a while, but I always note passing is an excellent flirting technique, especially like when you're older. It's like this fun throwback and it's a little bit playful. It takes a little more effort than texting. Totally use notes for flirting. Oh my gosh. Which is funny that you say that now because you hate texting. And so I'm far more likely to get an actual handwritten note from you in your super legible handwriting. Sometimes you get a picture of a note. I Sometimes did. I get a picture. You are not a big texter. I feel like texting is more effort for you than writing a note. Yeah. Yeah. Ironically, I think you'd rather write a note and text me a picture of the note. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Anyway, back to this. Especially if there's a fun picture. I'm not into emojis, but I'm into fun stick figures. Willow isn't going to do that, I guess. But they're still digesting their Robin problem when... Giles is like... Giles is like, guys. He's like, remain calm. Things got real bad. By the way, Xander's upstairs. Yep. And they go in and Xander quite literally is on his deathbed or on Giles's guest bed. And he is somewhere in between life and death. We find out that Jenny Calendar isn't just a techno gypsy this time. It's the 90s. What do you want from me? I don't think that's a thing. I don't... Anyway. It was in the 90s. Anyway. She is a witch. And she's helping to keep Xander in a protective circle. Yes, so that Xander can't hurt them. I don't know if it's presumably so that Xander can't get worse as well, but Xander definitely can't hurt them. That's kind of how I read it. Is that the- It's like protecting everybody from everything. Apparently, Drusilla had dropped his body off on Giles' doorstep with a note that just says tasteless on it. So Drusilla's into the note passing. Yes! So <laughs> Hell of a flirter. Wow. So we're all very upset about this, and Giles is like, you need to go to a store named by, uh, run by a woman named Anya and get something called the Soul Tie. You may have seen that scene in the Buffy Free Comic Book Day special, which we covered on our last Buffy episode. Yeah. I like that they did that scene in that Free Comic Book Day special. It worked well. Yeah, it, wor- it stood independently. You could read it ahead of time. You could read it now at all. Yeah, it totally works. I liked it. We cut over to Spike and Drew, who are staying in the cemetery. And we find out that uh, Spike was the one who kind of halted the siring or like yeah somehow interfered with it we're, we're dealing with new vampire rules here so apparently spike jumped in and gave xander some of his blood which stopped like drusilla's siring of it and apparently drusilla thinks it's because the xander spike is reminded of himself and xander seeing this sad little lovesick dope who's in love with the wrong woman and he's like no i just think he was too associated with the slayers and now that he's in this in-between state Either the demon will consume him or he'll have to lean into it and become a vampire. Yeah, it's not super clear exactly what happened here, but... I feel pretty comfortable with what happened. I mean, I don't know. How did he actually stop it? How does that stop it? I think, I don't, I'm think i not sure how it stops it. It's just the new rules we're dealing with. They said that's mm. the rule and I rolled with it. They said that's the rule and I said, but I want the rule book. I want the entire thing. I want the book of magic. 
I'll deal with the new rule Do you rule remember book. that? I miss that. The one that said vampire? Yeah. The yeah. one that they put unicorns in. <laughs> yes, there was that one. I'm going to throw this out right now just because there are a lot of them. And not in a bad way. It's nothing beating you over the head. But I would say a lot of the language used in these issues is pretty reference heavy. Not in a bad way. There's not taking away your focus but there are so many references i'm not gonna stop every time there is a one like hey that you recognize that word i do yeah the reason i'm saying that with this scene is because they keep on mentioning the key yeah that's a fun buffy word fun buffy buzzword buzzy word trying to get there i know you just kept trying but they all decide they're gonna skip school that day because xander's dying makes sense yeah i really like that jenny was like yep we're all skipping school Giles like fine I like that Giles wanted to go to school. Tardiness. Can't have but that. But I like that Jenny was on everybody else's side and was like, no, <laughs> there's a kid dying in your house. Explain that to the cops. You need to stay home with everybody <laughs> else, too. Please, please deal with the dying teenager. But Xander wakes up for a little bit and they're able to talk and kind of reassure him that everything's going to be okay or to the best of their ability. And then the vampire comes out. Yeah. And... He's like, I've been waiting to take over his body. You're all terrible, and I'm going to kill him. Blah, and then you're all going to get taken over by Drusilla. She's the best. And they keep mentioning that Drew is going to somehow... Enslave everybody? Yeah, enslave everybody, so that's a problem. (laughs) Buffy just sasses him. She's like... Make an army of men is actually what she wants. Yeah, she wants an army of men and a bunch of women as her slaves. Cool. Seems like a lot of people to manage. But Buffy's like, I'm not having any of this. I'm just like, I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill you good. And her and everyone. I'm about to go rip off some vampire arms. You may have seen it five pages ago. Yes. So anyway, they sedate the demon, send Buffy away, and we get a a scene from Joyce. At her art gallery, which is kind of fun to see because it was never really shown in the Buffy TV show. It was always a vaguely defined art gallery. They didn't even say art half the time. It was just the gallery. And it Very turns out. Very unclear what she did there, but she, she ran it or worked at it <laughs> at the gallery. And it turns out that her gallery is about to host an exhibit of Egyptian art. And the centerpiece of this is a golden dagger. It is shockingly similar to the one that Drusilla has on some scrolls. Yes. Is this the key? Is it dawn? I was going to say, is it the dawn of a new era? Oh my gosh. Anyway, turns out we'll find out right now. <laughs> yeah. So issue six opens up with some more giant bugs. Just We're like very into giant bugs in boom properties, boom, boom Whedon properties right now, right? Yeah, I was trying to think of a fun way to combine boom and Whedon. Boom then. Whedon. Whedon is more fun to say. Sure. I agree with you. So once... A map had been retrieved from Anya. Again, check out the free comic book day special or our last episode. Buffy and Willow go searching for the soul tie and they've gone through some trials, some tribulations. Is it just me or are you also getting stuck on the soul stone from that other movie Endgame? Every time you say soul tie, I keep wanting to say soul stone. Well, every time they say soul stone, I want to say soul gem because that's how it is in the books. So it's just a circle of strange things starting with soul apparently okay so maybe it's just me look they're fighting some bugs talking about how they need to save xander and it turns out that they're following the map that came with that did not come with the soul tie the map to the soul tie and it feels like the princess bride a little bit yeah when they're in the forest i can't remember what it's called but it's the forest that nobody's ever gone all the way through yeah it has big rats rats of unusual size <laughs> r-o-u-s's and snow sand i don't remember it's been a little bit since i've seen it and the fire things well thank god there's talk of a remake oh yeah 
Anyway. Small thing to note here, uh, while they're going about, Buffy is wearing a vest that has J9 written on it. I noticed that the editor, Janine Schaefer, she had done an editor's note in the last issue and she had signed it J9. Hmm. So yeah, there's a shout out to their editor in this. That's really cute. It looks very L.L. Beanie. I felt very at home. <laughs> Wrong coast. I understood what we were doing. Um, Willow has some purple bug guts on her head for this whole thing, and it makes me think of... Okay, at this Comic-Con we were just at, it was very turtle-centric, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles wears a purple bandana. Which one is it? Were you, are you just going with it looks like she's wearing a purple bandana? It looks bandana. like she's Donatello. <laughs> he looks like she's pretending to be Donatello for Halloween. With her purple guts. Can't you see it? It's like just that half-mask bandana around the eye yeah, situation. Yeah. And she's kind of wearing green. And I do think there are some um, comic references to the Dark Horse stuff in here as well, especially in this issue. Willow mentions that their next trap is referred to as a siphon. Yes. I remember that guy. I do too. Don't we have a page of him? Yeah, we do. We have two of them. He's over there. Hello, siphon. You suck. Stop blowing up the world. No, he siphons. Oh, yes. Thank you. You're wrong. And Buffy mentions that she really needs Willow there with her. She keeps getting distracted by Xander's body and all the blood and everything. And I like that we're playing into Willow's intelligence here. Like, there's a very confusing map with a bunch of ancient runes, and Buffy just doesn't have the wherewithal to guide herself with it. Okay, my absolute favorite part about that is that Giles translated it for them, but did it on little sticky notes and just stuck the sticky notes on whatever part of the map it was pertinent to, and I just really enjoyed that. I really like sticky notes as well. I like using Willow for um, her intelligence, and we didn't talk about this yet, but I think probably the main reason we're turning Xander into a vampire is in, to make him more visually interesting. It's a fun buzzword I like to throw, or fun phrase I like to throw around whenever we're talking about comics. And Xander specifically. Or really any of the basic human characters. When you have a comic book page, a lot of it is driven by action and movement, and it's a when you're dealing with, you know, a 42-minute show and only five minutes of it might be action and the rest is drama, it's easier to have a lot of characters that just like to talk. But in comic book form, I think giving Xander something more to do is going to make him be more relevant. Yeah. We know that Willow's going to be a witch already, but yeah, I don't know. That's, that's my Xander theory. It's not a negative theory. No, no. But I also like that they're playing into Willow's intelligence because it's very clear that Buffy is in no way unintelligent but she also doesn't have the patience to deal with Maps. Giles's sticky noted map. Like that just isn't that's not her who she is. And then as they're about to go find this final thing, someone sneaks up behind them and they're like, Oh my god. And then we cut away. Back to Jenny and Giles. And Jenny's kind of saying what seemed to pop up in earlier Buffy episodes. Like in Buffy season one, they talked a lot more about the relationship between Giles and Buffy. And how Giles is just very hard on her. Yeah, to a point. There's a lot of, can she do this? She's still young and green. But in this, actually, so far with all of the issues, I think this is my favorite bit of writing that we've seen. Jenny is saying that Xander didn't deserve any of this and that this is too much for Buffy. You're better at reading out loud than me. But I think this is a worthy little monologue. So you can be Giles for just that top panel. <laughs> just because th this is worth highlighting. It's really good writing. I disagree. I believe nothing is too much for Buffy. I have seen her succeed more times than I have seen her fail because she has never failed. She is immensely strong, intelligent, and selfless. She has all the makings of a wonderful young woman that I have the pleasure to know and to train. It is us who do not deserve her. And she perseveres not just because she must, but because she knows what's right. And then Jenny goes, I look like a jerk now. Oh, you're going to keep going. Do you want me to? Oh, I was just going to do the top part. You can keep going okay. if you like. 
I know my relationship with Buffy may seem odd to you, but I am not her father. I cannot hold her hand. Being a great watcher requires allowing freedom for a slayer to grow and become their strongest self. Fortunately, unlike Buffy's father, I will always be there for her, and I will be there to catch her if she falls. Meanwhile, in the corner, Sander goes, we're all going to die. Not helping. <laughs> That's a solid writing. I just like that little monologue. I like Sander's little, we're all going to die. It sounds very Giles, though. It does. And I really liked it, too, because... It does, shade at Hank. it does feel like Giles is being really hard on her. And he's like, you have to go get this. You are the only one that can do this. You're the only one. You're the only one. You have to train harder, faster, longer. And I don't know. I liked it too. Did yeah. it make you go glassy-eyed? No. Are you sure? Positive. Not the first time? No, the series hasn't done that to me yet. Right. It's a challenge now. <laughs> yeah, Xander's just in the corner. He's like, I'm having visions. Drusilla's going to win and she's going to kill everyone. Cool. But going back to Buffy, we see that Robin Wood has followed Willow and Buffy down. Yeah, and it's kind of unclear where they are, but we find out that they're basically- Underground. Yeah, in the woods, in a hole. I'm not really sure how he showed up there, but somehow he got there. And they're not really sure either, and they just kind of roll with it. And he said he uses he used the Find My Friends app. Is that a thing? It is, yeah. Do you remember when you used to have Snapchat? You could do it on Snapchat. Oh, God. Then the second we were in a relationship, I was like, get rid of this. <laughs> that seems invasive. You can do that? You can turn it off, too. Like, you can turn it off so people can't see where you are, but... Gross. I mean, it is what it is. It is part of the app. I swear to God, I'm just gonna... We're going back to handwritten notes. Fantastic. Fantastic. So... They're like, I, you can't be here. Like, you kind of need to leave because this is dangerous. He's like, is everything okay? They're like, yes, no, no, I mean, yes, no, yes. He's like, Girls are weird. Like, you just found them in a hole in the woods. You're the weird one. He Snapchat found them. Find my friends. Kids today. And so while they're kind of arguing about whether or not they're going to kick him out and why they're there and all of that, and they're just kind of going at each other, all these eyes start appearing in the background. From some kind of snake demon. Or from the R-O-U-S's. Which one do you think it is? Snake demon. Not the rodents of unusual size. No, dear. This one's less sexy than the last snake demon we were used to in Buffy. This one's just gross. <laughs> kind of looks like a rejected creature from where the wild things roam. Like, you're not adorable. Get out of here. Yeah, it has like horns and a lot of eyes. And he accuses Buffy and Willow of being complicated. The snake demon. Yeah. They are. And then fine. breaks out with some Avril Lavigne. Wasn't that her? Wasn't complicated hers? I don't know. Who most recently bought Avril Lavigne in this household? It was me. <laughs> like two weeks ago, maybe? Hey, it was time for Skater Boy to make a comeback. I wanted you to get complicated as well, but you said no. Anyway, <laughs> but yes, it was Avril Lavigne. So they're doing all this and they're like, we want the soul stone. Tie. Soul tie. <laughs> we want the soul tie. And Snake Demon's like, yeah, I need a soul to make a soul. I can't just... I don't have one on hand. I don't have one on hand. Again, with the soul stone. And I swear to God, I think I became Buffy for a minute in this comic because if I had exact words that I would say, I would say exactly what Buffy said. Robin's like, hey, it's not just girls that are complicated. I'm complicated too. You shouldn't generalize like that. And Buffy, speaking as me, just goes, shut up. You're not helping. Yep. I've heard you say that exact phrase <laughs> many a time. But here's the thing, and I don't, I didn't pick up on it yet. This demon keeps on saying that there are four of them there. I don't know what they're meaning either. And they even talk about it. And Buffy's like, Multiple can you times. not count? There's only three of us. And he keeps saying the four of you, the four of you. And then he says at one point, but one of you doesn't have a soul worth splitting. So which of the three of you or something like that? But he definitely says something about the fourth one can't. I don't know. It's very odd because then it gets dropped. Does that mean like Robin has... 
A double soul? Like a soul tie inside of him? Maybe. Maybe he's a soulless something something. Is there somebody in an invisibility cloak? Probably not. I thought you were going to say probably. (laughs) Probably. Yeah, that hasn't been revealed to us yet, but that's, I'm sure, a big old hint for the future because it's brought up like three times. Might have only been twice, but it was more than once. So we can go, okay, this is locking this away in my brain. Yeah, the fact that they asked the question that the reader is also asking tells me it's not a mistake. So this demon goes, hey, look, if you want to get a soul tie, I got to take it from one of you. And Willow's like, I have a big old soul. And the demon goes, yep, and splits her in half or splits her soul in half. So he pulls something out of her mouth. It's all gooey and gross. Gross. And he's like, she has half a soul now. The other half can go to your friend. And Buffy's like, you didn't even give me a chance to do that. And he goes, you're the slayer. That doesn't mean that you're the best at everything. Yeah, your friends are much stronger than you think they are. Way to have faith in them. Yeah. Sassy demon. Yeah. But you know what? Also probably a good thing for her to learn. So they get Willow back. Including Robin and Giles is like, what the hell? He's like, why is this random kid here? (laughs) What's wrong with Willow? Who are you? Yep. And so they are like, Willow has a soul stone. So she pukes it up and they somehow give it to Xander. And Giles is like, you need to leave my house right now to Robin Wood. And Buffy runs out after him and thanks him very sweet we also see that giles says that willow being part of the soul tie changes everything we don't know what that means yet again i'm sure it will be explained in the future yes yeah i mean this series has been really great about picking up those ends after they i guess they're just dangling i was gonna say after they dropped them they're not dropped but of giving you some hints and then dealing with them later yeah buffy gives robin a hug she's like i'm glad you were here and to help us out then robin gets a text from the council Asking if he's in. He's like, I'm in. He's a double agent. <laughs> that was... What? <laughs> I was like, we just watched a movie where they have this whole thing about, are you in or are you out? Are you in or are you out? But they don't know what the in is or what the out is. It's central intelligence is what we just watched. <laughs> and The Rock keeps going to Kevin Hart. Are you in or out? <laughs> I'm out. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, because all we did was at the end of like our nights watch movies on cable because that's what you have to do at cons. We're not out with, with the late night party. I was thinking We're in our it was hotel something room. mildly more cerebral than Central Intelligence, but it was not. So I enjoyed that movie. No, it was good. It just I just thought it was like mildly more dramatic than The Rock and Kevin Hart in a buddy cop movie. <laughs> edited for TV. I also fell asleep, so I also edited it. You don't know how it even ended. Nope. Uh, Jesse knew parkour, and then he got shot. Parkour. What's that from? The Office. You're thinking of The <laughs> Office. I'm so sorry, guys. These are just random thoughts that are going through my head. Which you won't be able to watch for much longer. Parkour. Or Cheers. Finish that up before it leaves. That's leaving too? Yeah. Why didn't you tell me that? I just found out yesterday. When's it leaving? I don't know. Tomorrow? Better not. We have to get the NBC streaming service now, too. The Peacock? Sure. That's what they're calling it. The dog didn't like that. It's a terrible name. Oh my gosh, 30 Rock will be on there too. Yes. Yes. But we don't know what the council is. Obviously, the one that you think of first is the Watcher's Council. But it also, it, we have nothing, it didn't say Watcher's Council, it just said the council. It could be the council of anything. Right. And as we just talked about, the fact that there, we were talking about the four souls. So if Robin does have two souls, then... Maybe his phone has a soul. Maybe it's his R2-D2. Maybe it's his Tin Man. He really had a heart the whole time. Maybe. Or maybe it's some other type of dual soul council. Yeah, I mean, we don't know fully what the rules are, what the established kind of pillars of what this reboot are going to be, so we have no idea yet. My guess is something outside the Watcher's Council, unless, like, Giles is a rogue watcher. Rogue demon hunter. Could be. As one does. Wrong guy. Are you so excited? A little bit. 
And then we get into our final issue of at least this arc. And something that I like that they're doing here is this is entirely Willow focused. Buffy doesn't even show up in this. No. And it I like it because you always talk about how things need to be earned. So this means that if we do get Willow back to normal, we've earned it a little bit more as opposed to. And then the next issue, Willow was fine with half a soul and everything was okay. Yeah, we're seeing, I mean, that's an old Buffy adage that magic has consequences. And we're seeing that start in this one. I just thought you always said that. I didn't realize that that was like a real Buffy thing. I just thought you kept saying it about Buffy. Like that was like no, they do it. your little take on it. No, they just just don't start saying it for a while. I don't think they bring it up until... They don't like explicitly say it? They explicitly say it all the time, but I don't think they start saying it until season six. Okay. And then also season three of Angel, which is a corresponding year. Was that the same season that everything went downhill and everybody got hooked on magical drugs? Yes. Okay, cool. But we just see um, a lot of static images of Willow. Backgrounds change, clothes change, but the face doesn't change. And she has these giant circles in her eyes and she just looks really not well like staring straight ahead unblinking unfeeling doesn't know what's going on with her life since she now has half a soul they did some cool stuff in some of this art with weird like very regimented panels like the first page and then the panels dropping off into a blank page into sleep where willow awakes in her dream having a lucid dream and everything's very fragmented in her dream as it should be and we can even see a clear line running down the middle kind of like in the part of her hair of like part of her hair is black some of it's red and then we get our first appearance of the emily named bad willow bad willow very effective is it not bad willow <laughs> it's always dark willow you just call her bad willow but willow basically has a conversation with herself her two sides her light side her dark side it's a real force thing i wasn't gonna go with the star wars reference i was gonna go with the emperor's new groove reference saw it once saw it in theaters don't remember um kronk has shoulder angels don't remember he's a little shoulder angel and a little shoulder demon that help him make decisions cool that's what i thought you were gonna say but yeah, Willow is just having this dream and it's all about what did you give up? You gave up half your soul. What half did you give up? And can you survive with half? What will happen to you? What will happen to Xander? Will it even save him? You probably need to go dark because that's where your strength is going to lie. Yep. Did you get rid of the part of you that was the best of you? And Willow keeps flashing to her life of hanging out with Buffy and hanging out with Xander and Xander when they were younger, like faking sick and staying at his house playing board games and how she's always done everything to help xander buffy calls xander willow's brother in an earlier issue and she has a vision of everyone dying including willow being stabbed by her dark self yes yep with this crazy egyptian knife weird but then in her dream in the fire willow turns around takes up the same knife and stabs her dark self in the back bad side bad self bad wolf wrong thing and when she does that it's not like the demon is killed it's like now she's in a spinning circle of fire with blood all over herself and blood all over her hands and nothing seems to be fixed she doesn't know what the dream means and we see that she's been describing it to xander xander has recovered for the most part he's now a half human half vampire so he's still he can be out in the sunlight i guess he's still going to school but he has to drink blood Will he age? Unclear. Yeah. I mean, we don't, we've never seen what a half human, half half vampire can do. Connor. Mm. So we don't really know what this means, but clearly they are both more connected than they've ever been, but less connected with the world, it sounds like, it seems like. Yeah. 
big changes. They're both a little bit more dark than they were, you know, a week ago. What with Xander being half dead and Willow lacking half a soul. Yeah. So, you know, changes. So there you go. Overall, for the second arc of this, I like that it really slowed itself down. There was really, while the story is moving forward towards the Hellmouth event, this really just brought it down to a nice slow pace to deal with Xander. And to deal with Willow. Yeah. All of those things are good. I like how the first arc kind of gave us familiar elements. There are some tweaks on it, but for the most part, it was the stuff we were used to. You know, here's your Scooby gang. Anya's likes being a retailer and morally gray. Here's Spike and Drew. Yeah. And then I like that this one picked up on the getting us kind of back to our essential characters. Well, I just like We that. don't see Cordelia. We don't see... She's probably really the only one we don't see. But yeah. we're very much focused on the relationships of the core characters. Yeah, and I like that the second arc pivots away from the familiar, which is what the first arc mostly was. It's like, here you go. Here's the familiar elements. Now it's going, okay, we're going to switch it now. We're not just going to be a retread. We are going to establish new rules. We're going to change the status of characters. You might see some other familiar elements like the Dark Willow stuff, but I don't know. It's nice being in a world of unknowns. Right, and we also don't know if Dark Willow has to happen, if she is foretold to happen, or if it's a possibility now, if this is the reason why Dark Willow might come out. We don't know. I mean, something that I'm enjoying about this is there's tension again in the story. That's something that the comics over the Dark Horse side, tension and had kind of been removed because I wasn't that concerned about the characters, especially after the Giles resurrection thing. Yeah, I mean, I think when oh. Giles died, you were... When Giles died, the stakes were upped again, and I could feel that. But then once he was brought back, and there seemed to be such a struggle to introduce long-lasting new characters, I'm like, okay, the tension's kind of been throttled off a little bit. I was uh, never that concerned about their well-being. I like that this is only three issues that are really working on this aspect of the story. Because I feel like we get the immediate aftermath, we get stabilizing Xander, and then we get the immediate consequences of stabilizing Xander. There's not a lot of pure action in it, but I like I like that we took that moment. But I also like that we didn't try to drag it out into like four issues before we really got into something more dramatic happening again. Yeah. It was a nice, it felt nice. It was a nice balance. Then we're going to move on to a one-shot Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Chosen One's number one. It's just a one-shot. I'm not expecting there to be a second one. Look, this is just Tales of the Slayer. Remember but mini, that? It's mini Tales of the Slayer. It's just that again. There's just three of them. The first one's probably double the length of the other two stories, and it's all about... The first one's the only one that actually has any stake in the story. Yeah, it's all about why the Hellmouth even was in Sunnydale to begin with. We go back to Sunnydale, 1808, and we see a Spaniard arrive into town where they're Native Americans looking for a slayer. Yeah, we find out that he's really a watcher, but he's pretending that he's taking over a store or a mission, it's kind of unclear, in a very remote part of California. And he finds said slayer, she's staking vampires left and right, and then she stabs him because she thinks he's a vampire too. And she is a Native American. He says, I'm here to help you. And she's like, don't care. Get out of town. I can deal with all these vampires. He's like, but I'm your watcher. She's like, don't know what that is. Don't care. Yep. And he's like, but you just have to trust me. And she's like, "Mm, if you can help me get rid of these vampires, I will consider thinking about trusting you. So, you non-vampire Spaniards, are you going to leave us alone and respect our land? He's like, nope. She's like, ah, okay, great. Fantastic. And so she's like, but they've rounded up most of the village, so get a move on. 
And he's like, do you know what they're trying to do? And she goes, they're trying to open a Hellmouth. And he goes, it can't possibly be. My, they would never do that. My luck's not that bad. We get up on a ridge and we see the same demonic goat seal that we saw on the show. He's like, ah, crap. Yep. I am that unlucky. Yep. And he's like, I'm going to try to fix the spell from my spell book. And the girl is like, no, I'm just going to deal with this my own way. So she does. She starts killing all the vampires, and then he also closes the seal with his spell book. He's like, well, the Hellmouth wasn't fully open, but it'll never leave here, and it needs to be opened with a blood ritual now. Huh. I wonder if that will come up ever. Nah. Um, the next two stories are two different Slayer experiences. We have one in Italy in the 14th century. We have a little girl who's playing in the woods with her friends, but there's a man-eater out there. Yep, so they're joking around about the man-eater, and they're like, we have to get home before sunset, because the man-eater will get us. And everybody kind of laughs it off. They go home. Sylvia specifically, she goes home, and she meets her nanny there, and she's like, don't worry about the man-eater. The nanny does, by the way, not Sylvia. So the nanny's like, remember, women have to be stronger and smarter than men. (laughs) She's like, men are dumb and fat. And lazy. (laughs) She's a sassy nanny. She is a sassy nanny. And we find out that her time with Sylvia is coming to a close, that she nursed Sylvia as a baby, and Sylvia is now probably, what, like 14, 13? Yeah. Something around there. And so she is soon to be unemployed, or rather, she's soon to be leaving the employee of Sylvia's family. Sylvia stays up late spinning one night, shout out to the fiber arts, when she notes some blood on her roving, which would be really terrible. Not good. You don't want blood in your yarn. And so she's like, but the only person that touched this was Nanny? And wouldn't you know it, she's a vampire, killed her whole family. She's like, ah, crap, didn't mean for you to see me like this. Yeah, Nanny killed Sylvia's father, so it's not bad what move. It looks like. And then she's like, but I can make you a vampire too. It's pretty fun. And Sylvia's like, no, knitting needles away. And she stakes her with knitting needles. I think she actually stakes her with a spindle, but yeah. She stakes her with a fiber arts implement. She was spinning yarn. She wasn't knitting it. I don't know. But she dies or runs off to the woods and she's met by a woman. She's like, hello, Sylvia. Let me tell you about the vampires and a line of slayers. I'm your watcher. She's like, oh, you're covered in blood and soot. Want to talk tomorrow? Yep. So there you go. And then our final story takes place in Paris in 1820 at a masquerade ball. And it all looks fun and fanciful, but I bet they smell terrible because it's the 1820s. Not Sylvia? You don't think they smell terrible too? I think everyone smells... You know what? Probably... This whole book of people? Yes. Probably Sunnydale in 1808. I bet they all smelled pretty bad too. Also, you know what I just realized? Did you say that was Sunnydale 1808? Yep. Oh man, that poor vampire. I mean, that poor slayer. She dies real quick then, doesn't she? Because if we're in 1800s... 1820s in Paris, then our Slayer only lived for another 12 years at most before we get this new Slayer, so sorry, Sunnydale Slayer. Did you think about that? No, sad times. Right? Isn't that real? It is, yeah. But anyway, so we're at a masquerade ball in Paris, and everybody's like, Adelaide. The kidnappings are happening, and Adelaide's like, I don't care. So this- I just like to have fun. Young man comes up wearing a mask, masquerade, and he's like, would you like to go for a waltz or go for something more private? (laughs) Yeah. He moves fast. He's like, would you like to dance or have sex? And so they go out in the garden. <laughs> These are, God, very, very forward of him. Doesn't seem effective. But it was because she went out in the garden with him. She didn't realize he was a vampire. To, yes, she did. Oh, did she? Yeah, because she's a slayer. She's there to stab him. Okay, cool. To slay him. Yep. And so he tries to make a move and she goes, not on my watch. 
And then she stakes him. Yeah. He's like, do you choose pain or pleasure? She's like, neither. Stabbed. And then she runs back inside. She's like, I guess you can have too much fun. So there's this. It's cool. I feel bad about the Sunnydale Slayer dying in 12 years, but, or less. I think no matter what, I was going to be less invested in this one. Like, it's fun seeing the origin of the Hellmouth and how it's different from what we know before. But it's Tales of the Slayer again. And as much as I like seeing extra stuff in the world, I'm in this for the characters more than I am the lore. And it's a one shot. So it's a well done one shot. Yeah. I, you know, hopefully we're not going to get a ton of these. But yeah, it's it's fine for a one shot. Yeah, that's cool. I'm, I will be interested to see if these three particular stories come back in any way. I think that would be super cool. I doubt it. I still think it'd be cool. I think that's probably it for this one. I guess our next arc is going to be the Hellmouth stuff. Or probably, no, not Angel, because we just did that. Yeah, it'll be the Hellmouth stuff. Yes. Not a full arc of Firefly. We just did that. Yeah, we just did number nine. I'm not sure which is next, how it's going to lay out. It's either We're going to do something at some point. And so we will talk to you guys (laughs) when we do something sometime. But in the meantime, we are more consistently producing content on Patreon. Nearly weekly at this point. Yeah, because we're dealing with three books that come out on different weeks. So Yeah, yeah. if you want to get non-spoiler and spoiler reviews of all the Buffy Angel and Firefly stuff, we do it differently than we do this show. There's also a couple of freebies that I've released in the past if you want to get a little sampling of that. But we just th- recorded one yesterday, so... Yeah, those can be found at patreon.com slash editorsnotecomics. Minimum buck a month, you get those, and you'll also get this long version of the show a week before it's dropped publicly. And you'll get your other show with Jared, Comics News Podcast. A pop culture news and review show. A whole day before that one drops. To the oh public. yeah, I forgot to say when you actually get that. I guess you just get it anyway. But beyond that, um, if you want to reach out to us, you can do that at editorsnotecomics at gmail.com or on Twitter at editorsnotecomics. So yeah, let us know what you guys think and we'll talk to you later. We'll be back. Bye. Bye.